welcome to the Positively Michael podcast. This is one of your hosts, Glittery Socks. I am joined by Larth and Ivy today. What's up? Hey. Yet again, a little delayed on the uptake, but we're, <laughs> we're going to speed it up just a little bit. So today is going to be a little bit different than the rest of the shows we've had for the last couple of months. Um, as you guys know, we are starting a new trial. Oh, man. The AEG civil lawsuit. And there's so much to talk about. So at this point in time, we are just going to sort of have a news podcast, although all of the news won't be about the trial. Um, there are a couple of things about the family going on, a couple of other things. So we will have lots of news, but we will suspend our discussion of the Godfather of Soul, James Brown, for our seven inches in selection until our next show. Um, and we will also discuss the section of Man in the Music by Joe Vogel, um, the section on bad that we read. We'll discuss that on the next show as well. So if you haven't done those things yet, be sure to check out our links for Seven Inches In and for um, Pause Mike's pages so you can be caught up for the next show. And I highly suggest um, taking advantage of both of those things because all the feedback we've gotten is that the fans are loving it. And who doesn't love James Brown or the Bad Album, I ask you. So... With that being said, we will be back just after this short break with all of the news. Looking for a fun-filled online community where it's all Michael all the time? Then come join our family at PositivelyMichael.com. We keep our forum fresh, intelligent, and open-minded to learn about who Michael truly was and what he contributed to the world. Join in the thousands of discussion topics on our forum, ranging from Michael's music to his personal life, scan the collection of rare pictures and interviews, discuss a book or two on Michael's life and legacy, or just shoot the breeze with other members. Whether you appreciate general pop culture or just a die hard Michael Jackson fan, everyone has a place at PositivelyMichael.com. Make sure to stop by today to see what you've been missing. So we are on to Ivy for the first news story of the week. I don't want to talk about this, to be honest. I really do not. But Conrad Murray made waves in the news again this week, and it's because he had an interview from the jailhouse with Anderson Cooper on CNN. And it was very interesting. As much of what has come out of the Murray camp since he was first implicated, it was very colorful and very um, trying to deflect blame elsewhere. So I'm going to read some selections from that interview and... Hopefully we can get Larth and Glittery Sock to your reactions on this. He said, if I testify, I will testify very honestly. It is a sad thing when I look at what's going on in television because Michael would be absolutely upset. He would be so unhappy with what is happening. Michael said to me, I no longer want to be a bank for my family. All we see is the continuation of that. Pause. Pause, pause, pause. Michael would be upset. Would he be upset that you murdered him? That's my question. I'm just curious. Would he, would he be upset that you overdosed him on propofol in his home? Is that not something that would be upsetting to him? So he doesn't mind acting as a bank for his five baby mama doctor who killed him. But his See, family that- is what put it over the edge. <laughs> God. Yeah, so that is not the quote. That got to me. I keep thinking of, if I testify, I will testify very honestly. Right. What, what does that mean? What are you talking about? Like He's going to testify honestly about how Michael was his best friend and they wanted to heal the world together. Lars, God. I know. Really? Exactly. Like, what could he say? I don't know. Like, what team would he be speaking against if he testifies very honestly? I don't know what he's talking about, but all I know is that I'm, I'm glad he's thinking about Michael's feelings now, four years after he murdered him. <laughs> it's a real good time to start thinking about how Michael Jackson would feel about all this. Great job, Murray. Great job. Well, he feels that way because, as he says, and as he has said before, Prince Jr., Paris, and Blanket are like my own kids. They are my children. I love those children. I worry about them. Maybe you shouldn't have killed their dad. Yeah. <laughs> what? I, 
you know, I'm not sure, but I don't think they share those feelings. Yeah. Can you, uh, sorry, can we pause again? Can oh, you yeah, read, we're paused. Can you please read those those names again, Ivy? Read, read them? Did you say Prince Jr.? Prince Jr. <laughs> who, who is that? <laughs> there's Michael Jackson. I catch that. There's Michael Jackson Jr. And there's Prince. <laughs> who is Prince Jr.? Oh, my God. <laughs> Did Prince Rogers Nelson have a son we don't know about? Did he just reveal, reveal something new in the fraternity drama? Oh, that's what he's going to testify very honestly about. <laughs> so basically what you're telling me is that he loves the kids so much that he doesn't know what their names are? <laughs> what a great guy. Great guy. Okay, I'm unpaused. I just had to correct that moment because I thought I had misunderstood something. Okay, and now I get a... Something happens in the interview that I still haven't been able to kind of get right in my head. Oh, no. So I, I, I want to share this moment with listeners and with you two, and then maybe we can begin to heal. Here we go. Oh, no. He's a little boy that Santa Claus forgot. <laughs> and goodness knows he did not want a lot. He wrote a note to Santa for some crayons and a toy. It broke his little heart when he found Santa hadn't come. In the streets, he envied all those lucky boys. But goodness knows he didn't want a lot. Oh, God. What in the dying cat tarnation? <laughs> Christmas came early this year. So, what did okay, I do first of all, that? is that, what is that an established song or is that an original? I don't it's know. It's an established song. Can we get some background? Yeah. Okay. Th- this is what the background says. He, t- he apparently told Anderson... We had very, very humble lives, and we both experienced pain. Of course, he's referring to himself and one said Mr. Michael Joseph Jackson, the greatest entertainer of all time, who was a child star that went through horrific things from his abusive father, Joe Jackson. But I'm sure Murray has something to compete with about that. And you know what describes me, Anderson? Let me sing something for you. And then he went into that song. Does that make you either of you feel better about that? <laughs> I mean, I don't, I feel like, as funny as it is, I feel like it's symptomatic of his total, like, unearthly narcissism. Yes. That someone that he hasn't come to know in his life, that he does not need to be singing on national television, that he thinks that his singing should be something that happens on air. (laughs) I wonder what it's like to be in jail with him. I wonder if he just sings a lot. Like, I wonder if he sings in the jail showers. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to say something that's going to disturb you both significantly. And it's off of another quote that Murray said. Ivy, is it okay if I if I read another quote from the interview? Because I know you're kind of going through this. No, go ahead. He said... So, he said that he wants to get his medical license back so he could quote-unquote, set this aside. Because, yeah, really, killing someone, just set that aside. And get back on the track where I can continue to help. I want to continue to contribute to humanity in this world in a very significant way. I want every young child, every mother and father, uncle and aunt, to satisfy dreams that they would have and goals they would satisfy. I want to contribute to that. I was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Okay. This is what I want to say. I, we were on our forum having discussion about this interview and everybody was dry heaving and trying to hold their breakfast in after his singing performance. But I raised a question that seemed to disturb a lot of people. I feel going off of what Ivy just said about him being such a blatant psycho narcissist, that he is so delusional that he actually thinks that somehow he is going to replace Michael in this world. He's talked about his kids. He's talked about Michael's family. I love Catherine. Like, she's my own mother. Well, obviously, we're about to get a solo album from him. Yeah. Now he's trying to sing. (laughs) Now he wants to do his charity work. Like, what? He says, he says, I want to set this aside. 
and get my medical license back. He has not acknowledged that he killed Michael Jackson. Do, what do you guys think about that? I really do feel like it's almost like he's trying to embody this whole kill the world, you know, protect the children, put, protect the planet. Like he's, he's doing this whole like Michael speak or trying to. Well, I think if he, if he's talking about being at the wrong place at the wrong time, if he means by the wrong place that he was outside on his phone and at the wrong time after he just administered like a deadly <laughs> amount of medication. Oh, brum. <laughs> yes. But. Yeah, I totally see what you're saying. I don't know if it's necessarily like, I am becoming Michael, or if it's just like, no, I'm not a bad guy. I'm good, just like Michael was. Look, we're similar. Let me out. Because he talks about, oh, we both had hard, you know, both of our childhoods were difficult. Let me sing you this song and share my yeah. pain. I like, think he's just like, he's he's kind of caught up in this narrative where it's like, he's the bad guy and Michael is the good guy. And it's like, I mean, that it's a little bit more complicated than that, Murray. I think it's a really good point, Glittery Socks. And, um, you know, that kind of vocab and um, that that heal the world speak, you know, mm-hmm. Michael always did kind of get um, picked on in the press about that and people, like, would joke. But the difference between Michael Jackson saying that and Conrad Murray is that Michael Jackson – contributed like <laughs> millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars in um and dedicated his pursuits. albums yeah dedicated his albums like dedicated his time spent his whole life worrying about like conservation and child protection all sorts of things and ending war i mean he yeah like who like you said before who was this guy before he killed michael jackson other than a lothario with five baby mamas and back child support Real. Let's be real. Who yeah. was he? He's he, he was the crazy. Little boy that Santa Claus forgot. He was. Mark is on a roll today. <laughs> <laughs> well, so um, yeah. Interesting thing. We clearly see he doesn't blame himself. So I would have thought he would have been eager to testify against AEG. But guess who he blames? Guess who he blames in all of this? I'm guessing he can blame anyone who isn't himself. Yes. So should blames. I go on with these quotes? Yes. Can you, I'm looking towards the end of the interview. Can you, I don't know what you think about that. I think that might be relevant here. The quote okay. about the yes. bottom dwellers. He said, I'm pretty sure there are a number of bottom dwellers right now who are sucking up for anything they can. But I do hope the children will not fall victim of that. Where to begin? Where to begin? He thinks Michael's family is responsible for him injecting a lethal dose of propofol and killing Michael Jackson. You know, I don't think he is in any place to be pointing an accusatory finger (laughs) of bottom dwelling. I think someone that uses association of another superstar to make you enough of a man to actually get someone like Nicole Alvarez to maintain her instrument. Like he wasn't even enough of a man to try to pull women on his own. He had to use his association with Michael Jackson to try to pull women. So I'm going to go on and say that if anyone's a bottom dweller in this situation, it's him (laughs) totally Mm -hmm. independent of what he actually did. He's just a skeevy, gross old man. Who's hitting on young women and producing enough kids to make a football team. (laughs) He's gross. He's not, I'm not thinking about him trying to heal the world. I'm thinking about him paying his child support. I'm thinking about him going to a medical school where he can actually learn how to give medicine to people in a way that doesn't kill them. Yeah, well, that's not going to happen. Yeah, I'm looking at him not practicing medicine again. So The Conrad Murray School for... I don't don't know. know. There was a good joke there, but I lost it. Well, you were on a roll already, so that's (laughs) not enough. Ugh. Murray also said um, that if he had been subpoenaed, he had not been subpoenaed, but if he was, he would invoke his Fifth Amendment right to avoid any issues of self-incrimination in his own appeal. <laughs> and but he's he said, innocent, so why does that matter? I know, right. He said, if there's one thing I'd like to say, I wish that one day I get a chance to tell all Michael's fans, people who really, really love him, what happened to Michael. 
They would really want to know, and if they do find out, their heart would cringe, and they would be in blatant pain. I think that already happened. I think Dr. Schaefer told us what happened to Michael Jackson. Yeah. (laughs) So can I just say, though, because we didn't mention this, can we just talk about Anderson Cooper's face a little bit? We can always talk about Anderson Cooper's face because I'm obsessed with him and he's an earth angel and he's perfect golden <laughs> silver fox. Let's well, go. What would you like to tell us about his face? I just want to encourage anybody who, even if you don't want to watch this interview, which I completely understand if you don't want to watch this interview, you should at least go on YouTube and look up the portion where Conrad Murray is singing and just watch Anderson Cooper's reaction. He is so confused. He does not know what to do. He looks like a confused puppy, just, like, blinking a lot and he does, I was his just going to say that. To he looks like a dog when you're holding a treat and they don't know what they can get to, to They don't know what they can do to get, to get to the give tre- them the treat. So they're cocking their head back and forth, like... That's, oh. that's, that's basically that's it. Really it hard. is awesome. He probably is like, this can't be real. Like, he's in prison for killing someone and he's singing... The little boy that Santa Claus forgot to me. <laughs> wow. Is there anything else about this interview that we need to discuss before we move on to actual news? <laughs> yeah. I think he will go back to the he who must not be named category. Conrad, just, you know, one thing that I want to say about this, he did make a comment during this interview where he said he has a lot more to share, and he's got stuff about oh about the children, but he does not think it's appropriate to reveal it at this time. And basically, everybody is saying, so clearly, he's fishing for a book deal or something. You know, he just needs to go somewhere, back to the hole he came from, and leave these kids alone. But I know what the title of that book is going to be. What? <laughs> the Little Boy. But <laughs> don't <laughs> Oh, man. Well, all I know is that he needs to leave the kids alone. Like, all jokes aside, if you want to go after adults, if you want to start saying you're revealing things about LaToya or Jermaine or Catherine or whatever, whatever, they're adults, they can fight back, they have lawyers. The kids have lawyers and a, you know, guardian at litem, but they're children. He needs to stop talking about them and stop bringing them up. And that's my soapbox. That really irritates me when, when, I, I mean, how can you so blatantly use kids as a pawn when you were the person that killed their father? Are you serious? And the thing is, he does it in a way that, like, clearly he thinks that he's coming off as someone who's really um, invested like, in them and really cares about them. And, like, sympathetic. But it's like, yeah. yeah you, you, how many bad things, like, he's not saying, like, oh, Paris is a jerk, but he's saying, like, oh, Paris's life is in ruins. <laughs> So you can't talk about someone's life negative and like their existence negatively without thinking that you're going to negatively impact them yourself. Hearts and prayers go out to the kids and the family. Just get, get this man away. Just go, go back and finish serving your jail sentence and your dirty underpants. How how can you be in jail and still be so like, so much of a presence because no. we thought we fixed this. Don't you, don't you remember that his, wasn't his attorney was saying like, he's teaching people to read in jail or some crap. Like they're trying to rehabilitate his image and making it seem like he's a leader of men in prison. And I'm like, but you're forgetting that at the end of that sentence, it's while in prison. Like, it's not like you're volunteering your time at a civic center while you're a cardiologist making all this money and, like, scouting baby mamas. You're doing it while you're in jail because you have nothing else to do with your life but complain about your own dirty underpants, which I still have not forgotten about and will not forget about. Clearly, you're definitely holding on to that. I'm I'm a little uncomfortable. I just cannot believe that he, like, he killed someone and he's complaining that he has to wear dirty underpants. It's so ludicrous. He's crazy. Ugh. All right, so let's end that and move on to the next story. So there's several important non-joking matter stories that have come out um, about the civil lawsuit of the Jackson family, specifically uh, Paris Prince Blanket and Catherine versus AEG Live. So a couple of things. First, there have been several... Um, Several just sort of general statements that have been made by AEG's lawyer, Marvin Putnam. He's clearly trying to get his message out to the media. Um, you know, during jury selection, which I thought was unethical, but go figure. So here are a couple of choice comments that Mr. Putnam has made. First, he says, 
I don't know how you can't look to Mr. Jackson's responsibility there. He was a grown man. Mr. Jackson is a person who knew how to doctor shop. He was known to be someone who would tell one doctor one thing and another doctor something else. He says the child molestation trial is relevant to this trial because it resulted in an incredible increase in his drug intake. We're talking about Michael Jackson. This is a man who would show up in pajamas. This is a man who would stop traffic and get out and dance on top of his car. This is a man who would go out to public events with a monkey named Bubbles. This is a man who said he slept in an oxygen chamber. Okay. First of all, There's whoa. so much wrong with that. Going it's so for funny. the jugular, who the heck do you think is going to have any sympathy for AEG's position? Because my immediate response to all of that would be, well, then you're even more of an unprofessional moron than I thought you were before. Because if it's that obvious, why did AEG invest all that money in him for this tour? Boom. Right. Case over. Seriously. Like, that's totally going to backfire on him. How can he say, well, Michael Jackson was so unhinged. Yeah, but you still wanted to make money off of him badly enough to make this whole this is it tour. So that doesn't, that totally negates all of those comments. I can't, I don't know what else to say about that. What do you guys think? It's just stupid. It's like, it's like he read, like his background knowledge on Michael seems to be no deeper than like the first page of the sun. You know, he's, yeah. he's, he's, he's using, you mean the like, sun as in the tabloid? You mean yeah. the sun, yeah. the tabloid? Okay. He's using these rumors from like the 80s and he's using the pajama incident, which has been explained over and over again, and which has a perfectly reasonable explanation. By Tom Mesero, who was in a position to know about the pajama incident. Yeah. And and even it was accepted by the court. Yes. Um, it like uh, I'm sure Michael was not perfect, and I'm sure that he as as a <laughs> As a grown-up, definitely he was responsible for the doctors that he saw, and he should have been more careful. But that is not linked to the fact that he had a monkey. He had a monkey because he liked animals and because he thought that would be a good look for his public image because it made him look really mysterious and interesting. And it worked. And here's the and thing. And it contributed to, like, his success, so. But, and here's the thing about, I mean, and the same thing about the oxygen chamber, etc. Like, he, right. it's known that's not happened. But here's the thing. The entire focus of the family this entire time has been to say AEG Live exploited Michael Jackson specifically and knowingly like, you know, totally separate from his fragile state, they knowingly and willingly exploited him to make money. That has been the family's point the entire time. This all supports that. I know. Because you're basically saying, oh, he was a drug addict and Eli, he had a monkey named Bubbles. Okay. So you took somebody who was a drug addict with a monkey named Bubbles that you're disparaging now and said, okay, but you are clearly well enough to make us money. Like, the, the point is, there in my, from what I understood, this trial was supposed to be AEG showing, look, we had no reason to believe anything was wrong with Michael or Murray. We had no idea this was going on. We were horrified. And, and then, but it's not our fault because we didn't have any knowledge this was going on. The Jacksons have been saying there are emails, one of which we read on air during the last podcast. You know, there's an email chain showing you while we're discussing Michael's fragile state. Kenny Ortega testified under oath during the criminal trial that there were more, there's more than one intervention about Michael's emotional state. And you were consistently saying we didn't have any knowledge of that. So for their lawyers to be going on CNN, which is, by the way, where that came from. It's some documentary called Michael Jackson, The Final Days. It's a CNN documentary that's premiering sometime soon. For him to go on air and tell CNN all this crap about Michael, as as Ivy said, from like basically the equivalent of a tabloid news source, it really seems like they're going to, they must be setting themselves up for a totally different political, I mean, uh, sorry, not political, a totally different legal strategy. Um, outside of what they've previously been saying, which is we had no knowledge because maybe they realized that wasn't going to work since the Jackson family has been consistent or the lawyers have been putting out these emails, you know, saying, well, this email quote clearly shows you did have knowledge. And, uh, Panish, who is the Jackson's lawyer is apparently a phenomenal lawyer. So he's, you know, he's totally keeping it quiet. He's not saying a lot. He also made a comment about the fact that AEG's lawyers have been talking to the media so much. So he's not playing around with them. Like, he's not trying to try this case in the public eye. He is trying to say, 
these are the facts. This is what we have as evidence. You can spin it all you want, but you did know what was going on and you put your financial gain over Michael's well-being. So yeah, way to go, Marvin Putnam. Good job. Keep it up. But he had a monkey, so. Right. He had a monkey, monkey. he deserved to die. (laughs) I know, man. Didn't Justin Bieber just have a monkey in the news? Yeah, I missed that whole thing, but it was like a monkey that was like, Confiscated because he didn't bring paperwork. Well, Justin, better watch out for AEG, buddy, and any other entertainer that likes animals. You might end up on the cutting, on the chopping block, according to AEG Live. All right, so let's move on from Putnam's delightful comments to a couple other stories about the trial. First, jury selection has begun. If you're interested in seeing the jury questionnaire, uh, it's actually on our forum in the AEG Live. Subform that we have in our legal news and documents, I believe it's called our subform. You can check it out there. It's um, it's definitely um, something that you might want to see if you're interested in how a jury is selected. But a pool of potential jurors reached 60 Friday afternoon after four days of eliminating jurors for hardship reasons. The process is going to continue next Monday and Tuesday until approximately 100 potential jurors are identified. And on Wednesday, the lawyers will start the process of eliminating based on um, jury strikes under court rules. And they're thinking that total, this is probably going to extend until April 16th or 17th. The questionnaire is significant. It's about 24 pages long. And it includes questions about the knowledge of the case, the Jackson family, their views on celebrities, and their views on multi-million dollar verdicts. And should we say multi-billion dollar verdicts in this case? Because, yes, it is a $40 billion number that's been reported in the news. Um, It also says that it's unclear how soon after a jury is seated that the judge will have the lawyers to deliver opening statements. But it will probably take a couple of days. So what do you guys think about that? I just can't imagine being someone who could possibly be a juror on a case like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wasn't one of the questions something like, uh, did you hear about Michael Jackson's death in the news or something like that? <laughs> no, I was living under a rock <laughs> and in, in the middle of somewhere where there was no tell. Yeah, like, I don't even know. I was in a coma for the past 10 years. Excuse me. Yeah. Like, I feel like for someone who doesn't, no, maybe not. I was going to say that I feel like if someone doesn't have an opinion on this case, then they had to have, like, actively tried to avoid it. Yeah. Because they didn't like Michael or because they didn't care about celebrities, that kind of stuff. But, but even I guess those the people details, know he died. And, yeah, I mean, goodness gracious. Yeah. I work in a place where pop culture is not something that is largely discussed (laughs) and everyone had an opinion about this one way or the other. So yeah, I agree. It would be tricky. Um, I also, I also wonder based off of Michael's legal history in general, like how difficult would it be to find jurors that don't have strong feelings about like sticking it to the man or feeling like I mean, I know a lot of people were very upset that Conrad Murray only got four years in prison for the second-degree murder, or, or, or uh, involuntary manslaughter, excuse me, mm-hmm. and not second-degree murder. Yeah, yeah like, a I lot of people. I don't know. I feel like there's just so many so many things that would bias somebody about these cases, just because it involves so much. Yeah, I also know? know a lot of people who are the opposite and who are not sympathetic to Michael as a yes. person and also as someone who abused drugs. Yeah, I feel like on one like, if you did actively avoid it, then you're biased in some way. And if you didn't, then you're biased in some way because you were influenced by the media. So, <laughs> in addition to that, there's, like, I don't know, the AEG aspect, the, like, the massive business aspect, and then there's the drug addiction aspect. There's just so many different things that... Do you not have an opinion on anything? Because that's who we're looking for. Well, and the thing <laughs> is, too, is, like, as far as Michael... And his issues with drugs, there's so many nuances because it's not like he was out on the corner, like buying a bag of crystal meth. He had so many issues that were residual from chronic pain issues. And he got caught up with doctors that were dirty doctors. And I just think people who hear this from the outside are like, oh, he was a drug addict. People who obviously take the time to know the nuances of this case know it's a lot more complicated than that. And I think 
it's really important to get people who, as, as you guys were saying, don't have sort of preconceived notions about that or don't have someone in their family who was sort of like, you know, overdosing on heroin because they're kind of like a silly, naive kid as opposed to somebody who had serious issues that health-wise. I don't know. It's just very complicated, and I'm not making excuses for anything or anyone. I'm just saying I, I think there's a lot more to meets the eye, and I think we heard that during the criminal trial. The other part about this, to me, that is the biggest concern here is, yes, you know, they keep talking about the fact the plaintiffs in this case are Catherine, Prince, Paris, and Blanket, but it keeps coming down to people, every single comment section that I have read on anything that is not like a Michael Jackson forum, all say, the family sucks, the family is so selfish, the family kidnapped their own mother, the family is crazy, the family pushed Michael to, to have all the problems he had, the family, the family, the family. They forget that this is being filed as with some with the kids being benefited. They think that this is the family's attempt to grab some of the money that Michael did not leave them in the will. And they're doing it through Catherine. And I think to me, that is going to be one of the biggest factors in this case, because so many people have bad feelings about the family, especially after what happened last summer, that they are just not sympathetic. And are like, you know what? The man left his will. Like they don't understand they're not really getting the nuance. They're like, the man who killed him is in jail. His kids are going to be taken care of. Let him rest in peace. The family is greedy. They want his money. Don't give them anything. Well, hopefully any jurors on the case would be corrected about Yeah, I feel like that's more from. of an internet commenter issue than a juror. I feel like that might be like a public opinion thing in the case, but I don't know if that would actually affect the case itself. But even a niche, a niche public opinion, because I don't think most people even know uh, too much about the Jacksons being greedy. Are you like, Oh my gosh. I actually think tons of people think that the Jacksons are crazy and that they're like greedy for Michael's money, but they don't know. Like I, I don't know anyone besides my Michael Jackson friends that know about Catherine being kidnapped. That, they oh, don't follow. Really? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Almost like I said, or at my, least I know people who kind of paid attention to it a little bit while it was on, but I don't think many people would like even remember how it happened. I think what most people that I know who were not in like sort of hardcore fans, what most of their responses were just like eye rolls and like that family is so crazy. Like that's the sort of response that I would get. It was like almost like. Like, they wouldn't even, they like, such a dismissive, well, everybody knows the Jacksons Yeah, but is that crazy. the kind of thing that they're keeping in mind, like, a year later? Well, I just think that if that is sort of your general assessment of the family, and then you hear this lawsuit for $40 billion is coming out from at least some of the members of the family, then I think there is a predisposition to be like, oh, that family, like, what are they doing? I don't know. I mean, I think amongst, like you said, amongst Michael Jackson fan communities and things like that, we obviously know the details, but I just think that. The number of people that are commenting on things like CNN and saying these comments, and they're like the top-rated comments. Like somebody actually posted on the forum, I think that um, like the top-rated comment on like the Yahoo General News story about the trial was was basically someone who said like leave the kids alone, like let Michael rest in peace. It's no wonder he had so many problems. Look at how crazy his family is. That was like the top-rated comment on Yahoo, which is seen by millions of people. Like I think. A lot more people think, I hope that I'm wrong, and I hope that they can be honest on the jury questionnaire and be neutral, but I, I think the Jacksons have been around for decades in the public eye, and they've had a lot of stuff that's happened that's been very atypical of a family in the news. They were huge. You know, before we were born, they were sort of a big deal, and they sort of are, you know, Michael clearly was a big deal, and so was Janet during our lifetimes, but... I mean, I got to tell you, during the 80s when I was a little kid, the stuff that was going on with the brothers and the wives and the kids and the arrests, I mean, there was a lot of stuff going on with that family to sort of give a general feeling. And Latoya, there was just a lot. I don't know. I don't know. Especially if they're looking for adults here. I don't know. Maybe people will be able to, to divorce the two and just say this is just about Michael, but... I think that who the plaintiffs are could play a role. I don't know. Well, wouldn't they even, like, um, before they even take the jury questionnaire, wouldn't that be the kind of thing that was explained to them? Like, who the plaintiffs are? The Catherine and the three children? And um, not? I think that they'll figure it out from the questionnaire, but I know that when I've said it on a jury selection before, they don't tell you who the uh, plaintiffs are in the case. They, huh. ask, they ask you questions like, um, 
like I went to a jury selection um, years ago when I was in college. I went to a jury selection for a case of a wealthy businessman who had killed someone um, in a car accident and the people were suing him. And, and it was a prominent person who was well-known in the community. And they didn't say anyone's name. They were asking the juror, the potential jurors questions like, how do you feel about cases involving a wealthy person and a person that's not wealthy? How do you feel about car accidents? Have any of you ever been in a car accident? What was it like for you? Was it terrible? Did you get, did you get the support you needed afterwards? Like it was very general. So for this, obviously when they get the questionnaire, they're going to figure it out pretty immediately. Unless they think it's about another celebrity, huge settlement, they're going to figure out that's what this is for. But at least in the potential pool, that's probably, remember how I said, they said they'd so far gotten 60 people. They, I'm guessing that they, those 60 people have already passed that first round of general questions, and now they're probably getting to the more nitty-gritty where they realize what the case is. Yeah. I don't know. Can you imagine getting that, like, getting that jury duty letter in the mail? No. <laughs> and you think that you're going to, like, traffic court or something? Yeah. And then you come and it's like, oh, nope, it's the Michael Jackson case. Well, yeah. Oh, and I just and I just saw here. I actually just read this and I forgot about it. Yeah, it does say that the questionnaire asks questions about how they feel about the Jackson family. So, yeah. We'll see. I mean, I don't know. Even I mean, we've read even on our own forum, people are very divided about this case. Mm-hmm. Largely because people feel very much that Michael has like his so much personal information came out during the the criminal trial and a lot of people feel like Murray was responsible. Let him rest in peace. I've always had the impression and the feeling that if the family truly knows information to say that AEG has any guilt, then I don't see any, I think they definitely have the right to take them to court. And the emails that came out about AEG were not flattering. I just don't know if they have enough of a basis, um, you know, through documentation to prove that they intentionally, you know, and, and willfully, like, harmed Michael. I just don't know how you prove that. Yeah. I mean, I I feel like I, it's hard to give an opinion before the case actually happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I have to say AEG is opinioning themselves in the best light. No. No. All right. Well, let's move on to another story about the trial. Unlike the criminal trial, judges ruled that there will be no cameras allowed in court. Um, this was actually something that AEG wanted, um, which also begs the question of why they wanted that. But it says AEG Live's lawyer argued that televising the trial could create a frenzy among Jackson fans at the courthouse that could pose a threat to witnesses. The Jackson lawyers argued in favor of having a camera in court, saying it will be the best way for the world to see justice done. Without cameras, only a handful of journalists will have seats in the small courtroom in downtown Los Angeles. A superior court judge ruled on Friday there'd be no live television coverage. Um, And it says that um, they said that this was Judge Yvette Palsuelos. And she said that while the media has the right to cover public court hearings, it's up to the judge to decide whether there's TV coverage. And she just didn't see a need. CNN, NBC, Universal Television Group, and a couple of others, um, I think TMZ was included, a couple of tabloids. Uh, filed a motion asking that they be allowed to televise a trial, but all those got shot down. So no cameras. How do you guys think that this will impact things? It was so nice. Like as much as it was not fun to watch the first trial, it was so nice to be able to just see it and not have to rely on secondhand accounts. Yeah. So I'm bummed that there's not going to be cameras. Yeah. I mean, it's like we just finished talking about, there's so much media spin. How do we, if we're getting summaries of things, I mean, yeah, unless, and who has time to like, trying to sit down and read the transcripts that's that's you know we, we're going to be reliant on media spin it's just unfortunately the way that it's going to be and the people who really made a difference in the murray trial like the doctors dr schaefer yes. that other doctor the handsome doctor um you you can't write out like you can't convey in writing how magnanimous and impactful they were right yeah so and then, and then that case was so much more clear cut. Mm-hmm. You know, it was so mm-hmm. much less gray and muddy, and yeah. so it's gonna just be even more confusing. Yeah, I. You know, it's interesting because to me, from the vast majority of people that I know um, who are not huge Michael Jackson fans, the coverage of the criminal trial is what changed their 
their opinion about Michael. Because mm-hmm. it really showed, I mean, you know, having, hearing that case, hearing about the state that he was in, hearing from these doctors about how horribly unethical it, the people that were around him were, it made, it just really raised a lot of people's sympathy. And they, a lot of people felt, you know, like, gosh, this man was in such a de- desperate space and, you know, just really feeling sorry for him. And I, you know, surely AEG is happy about this, right? Because, because they know they're going to get, I mean, like, like, uh, Lars just said they're already getting painted in a negative light, and this is not going to help them when they were busting out the emails where they were trashing Michael and making fun of him and stuff like that. It's going to be bad. So, we'll see. And I mean, and sorry, buddy, but just to let you know, I'm going to go in and say that the frenzy of Michael Jackson fans has nothing to do with televised court oh, hearings. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> I mean, I don't <laughs> it's know. Not what like was no thinking. one knows about this. Right. I know. Now, if anything, now there's going to be even more people there trying to get a glimpse That's of what's actually right. happening. And, and I mean, and we're still going to find out who the witnesses were. It's not like their names are going to be blocked out anonymously. So, yeah. I mean, you have people like Nicole Alvarez prancing down the street after her testimony and coming out the front door. If a witness wants to be known, they'll be known. If they don't want to be around the fans, they'll go out the back door. But they're still going to be public because everyone's going to be following this case. So, Well, speaking of witnesses, I can't believe that they're not televising this case just because of who the witnesses are. Yes, and that is actually something that I've got here for next, uh, for the next topic and the final topic about this trial. There's an unofficial witness list that's been circulating on the internet, and we have not been able to, at the time of this recording, been able to confirm that this is official. But the names on this list are unreal. Some of them are, 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 you know, expected, like Kenny Ortega, Travis Payne. Um, you know, they've got people that, you know, like Karen Faye and uh, even Debbie Rowe is on there. But, okay, I just want to get your opinion about a couple of people. First of all, Sharon Osborne, who confirmed that she has been contacted by the lawyers and she couldn't speak about the case, but apparently... She had information where AEG confirmed that they didn't care about Michael and they were using him or something like that. I guess she said this on air one day on her show. Yeah, she said it on The View, and then she, like, invited the lawyers to call her, didn't she? I think it's on The Talk. That's her show. Oh, yeah, sorry, The Talk. They're all the same. I know what you mean, but, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, it was like, um, yeah, she basically was saying, like, through just being in the circles that she's in in Hollywood, like, it's, yeah, like, she invited them to call her and they did, so she's on there. But how about... Diana Ross, or Frank Cassio, Lisa Marie Presley, people like this, what would they have to do with the AEG case? Character witness. Yeah, and maybe they could say, I don't know, maybe they, like, had conversations with Michael or something. All I can think of is that maybe they're trying to show a longitudinal space across Michael's life to say that he was not somebody that was that was gleefully sort of abusing drugs, which is obviously what AEG is gunning for, but um, as Lars said, this is so not a cut and dry case, and I, I actually think that some of this would be quite distracting. I mean, why does Diana Ross need to testify in this case? Yeah, well, I mean, just with the, this isn't the first case, there's a lot of people that wanted to watch it, but if we're being real, most of the people who were sitting down watching it every day were people who were invested somehow in the case. Yeah. This case, if these are really the witnesses, everyone's going to want to watch it. You know, it's just going to be something that people are interested in. And it's shocking to me that, you know, they don't want to just televise it because of that. Well, let's talk about someone else who's on this list. <laughs> Mr. The obvious. Prince Rogers Nelson. I feel like Prince wants to get on the list because he knows that Dr. Nguyen totally swaggerjacked him last year. And he needs to get his glory Don't back. you save anything about Dr. Wynn. Dr. Wynn was like my favorite witness, as you know. Well, the she, e- this, this is the she, ER attending who was um, at UCLA, who was just the best. Oh, I loved her so and much. And she outprints Prince in terms of her wardrobe. She had some fierce fashion going on on the stand. <laughs> I, I, I totally agree about that. Well, yeah. Prince also has a history with AEG, which mm-hmm. that's why I think it's really interesting that he's on this list, if, if it is the official list. Because mm-hmm. supposedly AEG promised Prince that nobody else would ever have more shows at the O2 Arena than him. Oh. And then not too long later, here comes Michael Jackson with 50 shows. So basically just trying to show a pattern of AEG mistreating its clientele. 
Uh, maybe, or maybe Prince just wants revenge. Well, either way, it'll be interesting. If you want to see that uh, full list of potential witnesses, along with all of the court documents, jury questionnaire, etc., definitely check out our Legal Matters and News uh, forum on our forum. <laughs> and also check out the AEG uh, Civil Trial subforum. There's a lot going on with that trial. There will be a lot more coming up in the next several weeks, and we will keep you covered here. So I think, do you guys have anything else to add about the trial? No, I'm ready to not talk about it. Me too. All right, Ivy? I'm ready Um, to go. Okay, let's switch to family news. And for that, I'm passing it over to Larth. All right, well, there's some interesting family news going on lately, kind of some important family news. So Paris Jackson and Debbie Rowe are reunited. So Paris reportedly spent her 15th birthday with Debbie Rowe. Um, They went to Amoeba Records together. Debbie tweeted pictures of them and wrote on Facebook about how happy she was. Um, The extended family seems thrilled. Um, Roger Friedman, and this is probably the biggest story to come out of the whole thing. Roger Friedman is reporting that Paris would like to live with Debbie at her ranch. It's not been confirmed by any other sources, but... Roger Friedman typically isn't one that is frivolous. Yeah, he says he has an ironclad source for that information, I think. Well, yeah. he's, he's associated closely with Mann, right? And Mann and, and Debbie are close. Oh, I always mix, like, is, it, is she close with Howard Mann or Mark Scheffel? Oh, I forget. I always mix those two up, too. They're both kind of skeevy and gross, so it's kind of yeah. easy to mix them up. Well, one of those guys, he's, isn't he... I just remember Howard Mann being associated, I mean, I remember uh, Friedman being associated with, with, with Roe through one of those guys. Well, Friedman is upset because he basically said that whoever his, one of his sources was went to TMZ with the story after Roger Friedman was confirming it for him, and so he was really mad about that. But, yeah, I mean, you know, sort of outside of Roger Freeman, whether or not he's credible, who knows, but definitely... Definitely. I I was sort of online when this was happening, when Debbie first started releasing these pictures, and everybody was so shocked because Debbie is so private. Like, she doesn't want any of this. I've never gotten the feeling that Debbie wants anything, any spotlight. She's living in her ranch with her horses. She has her friends. She's not thinking about this stuff. Well, supposedly, according to the comments on the photo from Debbie's family, that's not necessarily true. Mm. Some of these quotes... I am so happy that Paris is visiting you. I know how much it means to you, implying that this is something that she's wanted. Um, She's beautiful, referring to Paris. She is beautiful, and you're right. She has beautiful eyes. Look in the mirror. Oh. I know. Tell her that Cousin Jimmy says hello. Um, (laughs) Just like her mama. Uh, How could she not be a stunner girlfriend? She takes after her Auntie Linda. Um, she obviously has good genes. So happy for both of you. A girl needs her mom. Wow. Beautiful. Family is everything. In the world to my mom to finally meet her mom and sisters. Wow. So Deb- lots and this lots is, of This is the one that really uh, kind of hit me as like a, I don't know, kind of telling. Deb, so happy you are getting some time with her. It's been a long road for your whole family. What does that mean? So Interesting. Because don't you guys remember that interview that Joe did when he said the kids were totally ambivalent about Debbie and that she came to the house after, um, after, I forgot when it was. It was, oh, it was after the stun gun incident with Blanket. I think they said she came to the house and he's like, the kids, the kids like didn't even care about her. They like said hi to her and kept going. They don't care. And he made it sound like, Everything about Debbie was an afterthought to the kids, and they could care less about what, about her. And if this, if all of these, you know, quotes for the family are true, and she, this, it really is something that she's wanted for a long time. I can't imagine how bad that must have felt. Especially seeing that. that in the media, it's been basically been implied that she wants nothing to do with those kids. And the thing is, it was really smart of Debbie because. She she didn't post pictures of herself. She posted pictures of Paris, of them together in Debbie's car, and then at Amoeba Records when Paris got her gift. And Paris looks so 
happy in the pictures. Like, she is, like, grinning ear to ear, doing her usual trademark, sticking her tongue out, like, looking like a little kid, like she's with her mom. And I just, I was so touched when I saw that because I loved that Debbie's Twitter, um, what she tweeted was, how beautiful is my daughter? I know, right? And then she put a picture of Paris up. Oh. Like, of them, to, of Paris in her car. What's even sweeter, thinking about this, is when I was Paris's age, when I was 15, me and my mom were not getting along like this. <laughs> so, it's it's even, like, it's almost even more telling that a 15-year-old girl and her mom are getting reunited. You know, like, that mm-hmm. age in particular is so... I don't know. Well, they clearly, I mean, regardless of whether or not Roger's story is accurate about Paris actually wanting to live with her, I mean, it's, I think it's pretty undeniable that she, that they clearly have a relationship. I mean, the pictures confirm that. I like the fact that Debbie is sharing it. Like, to me, that almost shows how truly happy Debbie is, that she is sharing it with all of her loved ones and with the rest of the world because she is so private. And the fact that her, like, like what Larth was just reading from her family saying cousin, tell her cousin, Jimmy says hello. And auntie Linda, it's like, you never think about these kids having a cousin, Jimmy or auntie Linda. Cause you think about Jermaine and Marlon and Tito, you know what I mean? It's like, they have a whole other side of themselves that I'm guessing they don't know very much about at all. And that's pretty remark. I mean, I, I'm so, I can just imagine what it would be like in my own family if all of a sudden I had a 15 and a 16 year old cousin that I knew about, but that I hadn't gotten a chance to know. I'd be so excited to get to know them. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, it'll be interesting to see what, you know, if any of that is real and what happens there. Um, I know that allegedly some of the stuff is saying, you know, that, that, Paris um, is the one who reached out to her. And according to Roger Freeman, and again, this is from Roger, he says that the only one of Michael's sisters who has a relationship with Paris at this point is Latoya. And that is a purely like trying to promote your career relationship. Now that seems really, that That seems so harsh though. Do you really think that's true? That none of them want anything to do with only three sisters, Janet, who is clearly there is an issue there and now she's off with her new husband and Rebe, for one thing, she's dealing with her own family after the death of her husband. And the other thing is clearly she was on the wrong side of that divide over the summer. Mm-hmm. So it didn't surprise me at all that the only female she'd have in her life besides Catherine is Latoya, who may not be the best model for a teenage girl growing up. Wow. Well, on Roger Freeman's story, he also says that in addition to the time that Paris and um, the time that we know that Paris spent with Debbie, that Paris had a birthday party and Debbie went to the party as well. That's so, so cool. So, I mean, clearly, I'm, I mean, obviously I would assume that, that would mean that she also may have spent time with Prince and maybe even Blanket. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they were all at her party. Yeah. That's, it's, that's really cool for Paris and for Debbie. Yeah. And one, one other thing that's in this article that I think is important to note is he says, he's talking about how TMZ got so many facts wrong in their version of this, which honestly is not that surprising at times, but he says that, In 2005, Debbie Rowe's parental rights to her children were reaffirmed. She went to court, and a judge ruled that a parent never gives up their parental rights. There had been a question about that since 2001. But at that point, um, she says there are a lot of other extenuating circumstances going on. And he says that from the time Michael died in 2009, Rowe was clear she would step in with both Prince and Paris if she were needed. She and Catherine had many cordial conversations about her role in the kids' lives. Um, and so he says, you know, he's basically saying that that's really what he knows so far, but he says that according to his source, um, Paris asked if she could spend time at Rose horse ranch and that then she actually asked Debbie if she could live there. So how far away does Debbie live from where Catherine and the kids live right now? I don't know. I looked this up. A little while ago, I think it's between one hour and two hours away from L.A. 
Okay, so she would have to, like, switch schools and all that if she did move. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we wish the kids the best of luck. Happy birthday, Paris, and I guess we'll see where that goes. Larth, is there anything else about the family going on before you wrap up the show? There's one quick, short and sweet news story. Okay. Um, so Michael Jackson's son, Prince, is reportedly dating, by dating, went on a date with... <laughs> I don't, I don't want to mispronounce the name, um, so I'm not going to pronounce the last name, but Princess Remy, who is a Kuwaiti princess, mm. um, they go to school together. They went to the bowling alley, um, <laughs> and of course, the paparazzi were all there, very excited to be reporting this, but um, according to something Glittery Socks told me earlier... Supposedly, there is another girl involved. Apparently so. This is according to the little news thing from Entertainment Tonight, so who knows? Oh, man. So there's another girl involved, and a prince supposedly may have been two-timing her a little bit. Oh, Lord. But who knows? Maybe they were on a break. Right, Ross and Rachel, pop culture reference. Who knows? (laughs) I just think it's crazy they're reporting about what he's doing at a bowling alley. But okay, Prince, I guess there's going to be a joke about a prince and a princess, right? Oh, please, yeah, socks. You're the one who who read about this. Don't say you're you're surprised they're reporting about what they did at bowling alley. No, but I mean, this it's been this has been a story all over the place. Sorry if I read different websites. I'm sorry. Goodness well, gracious. I mean, b- basically the whole reason for reading this was because Prince is dating a princess and that's really fun. Yes. So. Fun. <laughs> Go Prince. So that was the last, that was the last news story. Yes. Prince, I, I, I'm not going to believe, I'm not going to believe what the tabloids are saying. That you're cheating on your girlfriend. Cheating hard. I don't believe that either. <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap she this said... sucker up because it's... <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, just just a little bit of a deep cut, a Michael Jackson deep cut for, for I listeners. I couldn't hear what you were singing, but you she sounded... like a cheater. You sounded like Conrad Murray singing the little boy that Santa Claus <laughs> forgot. I didn't know what was happening there. Sorry. Um, okay. Let's wrap this sucker up. Really quickly, before we finish, we need to do our member of the week, our post of the week, and our Twitter follower of the week. And fortunately, after giving it some thought, there is one entity that covers all three of those areas. This is exciting, all-powerful This all-powerful member of the week, poster of the week, and Twitter follower of the week is not one person, but a group. And that is our staff. Woo-hoo! We, as in Glittery Socks, Ivy, and Larth, have, we all work very hard, obviously, as admins, but honestly, we could not run this forum without any of our staffers. And those include OrthoDiva, Renee, Julie, Red Corvette, and MJ's PYT777. These ladies are so dedicated, volunteering their time, energy, and talent around the clock, helping us to run the forum, do the finances, bring new and current and fresh information to the threads each week, posting current events, posting their own opinions, tweeting things on behalf of the forum. They are just the best ambassadors that Posmite could wish for. We love them so much. We couldn't do it without them, and we really want to acknowledge all of their hard work. So I encourage you to support these ladies, congratulate them, check out their posts on our forum, because they really are sort of the meat and potatoes of what our forum is. And we love you guys, so congratulations for your hard and well-earned acknowledgement this week. But meat and potatoes like Salisbury steak and like delicious spicy potatoes. They're not humdrum. Oh, no. Is that, sorry. I Okay, should I say lobster and caviar of the forum? Yeah, lobster and caviar and like, what, what's, what else is a decadent food? 
creme brulee. Like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just, I guess what I'm trying to say is that they they keep the nuts and bolts of the forum running while we are doing the administrative things is what I'm trying to say. So um, whether you want to call it meat and potatoes or tofu delight, these ladies are it. <laughs> so congratulations. And we will look forward to celebrating all of you guys in our thread that honors the member of the week each week. So anything else you guys can think of? No. All right. Well, we would like to thank all of you for supporting us as always. A special thank you to all of our donors. Without you, we would not have this podcast or our forum. So your financial contributions keep us afloat. We thank you for that. You can always reach us on Twitter, which is at PauseMike, on our forum, which is PositivelyMichael.com. You can email us at PositivelyMichael.com or at PauseMikePodcast.com, and you can follow our Instagram. Please, um, you know, rate, subscribe us on iTunes, join our forum, get involved in the conversations. There's obviously lots going on with the trial. and We'd love to hear your input and highlight anything that you have that you'd like to contribute to this show or to our forum. So with that, we will sign out until the next show. So until then, enjoy your week and lay back in our tenderness. Bye-bye.